for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO is a We Talk with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some time here with Trent and myself as we take you up on until noon. Uh, some sports to get to early in the program. Of course, uh, Jamie Pollard uh, making some national news yesterday with his uh, teleconference with the local press that uh, he sat in on for, oh, it was um, apparently about a half an hour. Alex Halstead was part of it. He's going to join us in 20 minutes or thereabouts. He'll give us the uh, 411, what came out of it. But if you... Um, if you've gone any of the sports websites, ESPN, I mean any of them, uh, there's a great recap on it and a lot of folks um, tipping their cap to the Iowa State AD for the honesty. Uh, and that should come to as no surprise that and the uh, uh, just some of the, I guess, not alarms he sent, but in some cases he did send some alarms. But the the Ice Age comment is um, if there's no football, um, and that just has to keep athletic directors, athletic departments up at night as they try and uh, figure out how they're going to do this if indeed there is no football. Brett McMurphy wrote a piece yesterday, an unbelievable piece. What may happen, folks? We may see football start in November, December, finish in January, February. Uh, that's being talked about right now, and... National are the playoff games maybe being backed up as far as may. I think everything is on the table. Everything is on the table because without football, Trent, as you well know, things are going to change mightily. Pollard referred to that as the ice age. It's a scary spot. And for until this week, I didn't think it was realistic that football, as we knew it, was going to be off the table, had a chance to be off the table. I, I was still maybe too hopeful, too optimistic about the way that things are, and though I've been continuing reading about COVID-19 and everything and the impact and flattening the curve and everything that goes along with it, there is this component there that what the future is going to bring, what the next wave is going to bring. And we're seeing this. I was reading an article yesterday about the uh, Japanese Baseball League, and mm-hmm. they were starting their spring training and everything appeared to be good, and they had done an incredible job of slowing COVID-19, but... A team had three members of the team get coronavirus. They had to shut them down. They had to shut down the teams that they played. They had to shut down the umpires that were there for their different scrimmages that they had. Just on and on and on. These are the layers that are still going to be there. These are going to be the things that all leagues are going to think about. And short of putting everybody in a quarantine, you know, the NBA playoffs, all right, we're going to send them off to Vegas, but it's not Vegas as you know it. You're going to be... For all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. locked in a hotel room yep. when you're not playing and that is it. And if anything happens or you have a fever as you walk into the building, you're out. You're going right back to that hotel room and you're going to be quarantined yeah. for 14 days. And, and just think of that. So we, we get an NBA playoff. So we get all the teams that descend down to Vegas or wherever they decide to put this. And LeBron James, all of a sudden, yeah, he's sick. Geez. And he's shut down for 14 I, days and I know. season over, Lakers. Right. And and just and it would come down to not the best team. It's not a way to 
crown a champion. It's well, health obviously is a component, well, but this is a different kind of health. Right. So here's something that interests both of us, and that's wagering on sports. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when the playoffs teams are determined, however they're going to do it. Does that factor into any future bet? I mean, look like the Lakers, a perfect example. Right. And you don't just use what you just said. Mm-hmm. LeBron, you know, gets the COVID. And, and you it, have to swing another way because, well, this team's coming in from New Jersey. The Nets would be in the playoffs. Well, they've already had COVID go through them. Is that an advantage? Is that an advantage for the Utah Jazz? Because it sounds like you wouldn't get it a second time. And if that's actually the case. That's apparently what the... Medical experts Medical are saying. Medical experts are saying. The Dr. Fauci's. So is that an advantage for the Jazz? By the way, Dr. Fauci, who would want to harm him? I Did you no see idea. that? I have. That he has had to, um, he requires extra security because of threats against Dr. Fauci? It doesn't make a lick of sense. Trent, for God's sakes. America's what grandpa. What is this world is coming to? Who no would idea. want to harm Dr. Anthony Fauci? Politicize everything. I don't everything. get it. I That's don't what understand people it. do. There is a segment of the population that everything has to be politicized. Yeah. Well, we're uh, not going to do it. But no, for not God's at all. Sakes. Um, anyways, so where were we? We were gambling, and yes, yeah. Um, so, but let's get let's get back to here now. So, the guest mm-hmm. list Pollard's going to be a part of it. Um, uh, Pollard, well, Pollard was a part of it. Alex Halstead sat in on it. We'll get what his take and some maybe his bigger takeaways uh, from that. We'll talk to Hawks with Tom Kaker. We we wonder how far behind. Well, a lot of schools are from Iowa State. I saw Oregon came out today and they did what Iowa State led the way with doing. I believe it was the Wyoming AD. Okay. Not the department, because we were talking yesterday, and, and Iowa State, I believe, was first to have their, you know, their entire athletic department, um, you know, take the take the pay cut. Oregon followed suit today. There'll be more coming. I'm assuming Iowa will be on that list at some point. As everybody tries to navigate their way through this. Mm-hmm. 11 o'clock hour, uh, Brock from uh, Catch Des Moines is going to join us, he, as he's going to do every week through this time. Spend five, eight, ten minutes, whatever we need to uh, catch up on what's going on in Des Moines and uh, how we can help and how we can help some of these businesses. Because here's the thing right now, and I know for the most part, uh, we're all staying in. We don't want to go out. and um, you know, But these businesses are trying to keep their doors open. We're going to get through this, folks, and we're going to re- be reopening businesses and those businesses need to be open as far as reopening because these employees that uh, for the sadly uh, a lot of them been laid off or furloughed whatever it may be they need a place to go back to work so we need to help if we possibly can uh, keep these doors open and trent and i will uh, have brock from catch des moines on the radio at 11 o'clock our team of the our team of the day is the 1997 Iowa State football pro? No, 2017. 2017. Uh, why you're going back in. You're going back in time. Well, that was earlier this week when we talked to Paul Shirley. Right, the basketball, the basketball team. We're going football today. Right. Clone football and year number two. They for, had some dudes on that team from Iowa State, did they not? You know, just going through and, and as I was uh, reliving it and going through the highlights, and we got a package of highlights coming up here in the 11 o'clock hour as we rewind it with that squad. And you're right, just. Up and down, and it's not mm-hmm. just the skill position, guys. It's not just no, but Alan there were some skill positions. That helps. Lazaro, David Montgomery, Hakeem Butler, uh, Deshante Jones, um, Joe Lanning. Yes, you know that was some dudes. Jay Campos was uh, mm-hmm. manning the uh, offensive line. Is Campos? He was in the XFL, correct? Oh, I think he? he was. Okay, maybe St. Louis. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he. I mean, he had a cup of coffee with Dallas. Mm-hmm. 
Made a practice squad for a while. I think he wound up in the uh, XFL. On the other side of the ball, Willie Harvey, uh, Brian Peavy, uh, Cotton Moya had a terrific run. J.D. Wagner. J.D. Wagner, did he become a cop? I have no idea. Did I see that? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I might have been anyways. But we'll take a look at the, at that team. Chase Allen was a freshman mm-hmm. on that team. Um, was that the year he got hit by the car? Or a bus. Or a bus. Yeah, whatever it was. It was a bus. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah. It might have been, yeah. <laughs> was that the year he got hit to by a car? Well, he's had a... He, a lot of injuries. Yeah, that's for sure. So we'll do that. And then we're, as we always do on Fridays, our final segment of the week, we recap uh, our restaurant radio segment. And we are going to do this for as long as it takes, folks. A couple of hours every week, Tuesday and Thursday. And we'll recap some of the restaurants, well, all of the restaurants that we had on earlier in the week just to maybe refresh your memory, um, weekend plans, maybe carryouts in the future for some of you. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've driven by this restaurant, but you never went in or you missed the segment Tuesday or Thursday. We'll refresh your memory as we do with the previous week's restaurant. And we'll start to look ahead all ready to next week. Exile Brewery's going to be on next week. Like that one? I one do. of my favorites. What's your beer over there? Mine's Ruthie. I, I like the Ruthie. That's uh, normally if I'm just looking for something, but you know I like sours. Uh huh. And I think it is my favorite, just general sour. There's things you know that have different, but when you're just talking about a classic sour beer, mm-hmm. their beatnik sour, it is so good. I don't know if I've ever had a sour. So, so what makes a sour beer? When I crack a sour beer, what am I going to taste? What separates it from? You know, my go-to like citrusy, a citrusy. Okay, All right. I, I almost said- so like uh, the Boulevard. They had that run on the or- putting orange in Boulevard. No, 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 no. Different. different. Okay, different. good because I, I yeah. tried that a couple of times in here. I always said if you got to put a fruit in it, right? Yeah. Although the raspberry beer that I first tried on Court Avenue, mm-hmm. the Court Avenue. Uh, brewing is it still? There's got to be. It yeah, was always yeah. really popular. That's where I first tried raspberry beer, and it was good. Yeah, I like citrus in general. So my favorite soda growing up was Squirt. My grandma always had Squirt because Grandma and Grandpa liked to have whiskey sours, and instead of making their own sour mix, <laughs> yeah. they just yeah, throw a little Squirt in there, and that's that's the way that they went. So they has, always had Squirt in the house, and that became my favorite beverage soda when I was growing squirt. up. So Squirt. I don't know. I don't think we did. You guys have Wink? No. We had Wink. I think it was Wink. Is that a citrusy? Yes. I'm wondering if Squirt and Wink. What's the name of yours? Squirt? Squirt. Yeah. I wonder if they're cousins. I wonder if they are cousins. Pretty sure it was called Wink. Anyways, I got to Google this now. Now, yeah, you you got me intrigued. Well, I cannot Google right now on our computer. We're having some issues over here on your right, my left on this computer here, our main computer, where actually the highlight package is. So hopefully we get that uh, fixed up by the 11 o'clock oh, hour. Oh, you may not have highlights. Well, and I might have to jump over to Studio A. That could be uh, another thing that we have. And, you know, it's so interesting. You're uh, going back and doing your day job or your full-time job uh-huh. in the afternoon. Right. But I'm still here. And Studio A is normally where I do a ton of my work in the afternoon when I'm not out on sales calls during normalcy, if you will. But now, during Murph and Andy... AD is in the spot that I'm in. This uh-huh. is Studio C. Yeah. Studio B is your main studio, okay. our big one, and Studio A is to your right. Well, over there, Andy Fails sits there. So they oh, have the separation. He? And also during the Fanatics, I came in during to do Hawk Central yeah. the other night. Same thing. Ross is over in Studio A, and Chris That's was in the main studio, idea. Studio B, just for that social distancing. Though, where they normally sit, they are probably six feet away or close uh, yeah, to it. Say six feet for sure. But just one more mm-hmm. way to 
Yes, to try to keep everybody so healthy. So where does where does Sipker go when he doesn't doesn't he come in on Friday? He afternoon? does, yeah. And I don't know if he does it by phone or if he does go in there and they just make sure they have that separation, stretch out the mics a little bit further right. to make or sure you got the six feet. Or he's got that app that I was using before yes. we closed down the building, and then once right. we close down the building, I come back here and I'm no longer doing the show from the house. Um, that's a good idea because mm-hmm. while Heather's in here by herself, yes, I'm in here by myself mm-hmm. every day. But the other shows, uh, well, good. I'm glad they are. Here's here's Wink, grapefruit-based soft drink. There it is. That's what Squirt is. It's uh, made by Canada Dry. Wink. I don't know how I pulled that one out of my sphincter. Um, Full circle. That's what a sour beer kind of tastes like. It was introduced in 1965. Little wink for you. A little wink. So maybe I was a winker back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, so. Um, where? How did we get the? We were talking about sour beer. Oh, sour beer! Right, we got to pop. This is where we go with no sports. Yeah, yeah. look, it's a sale of Right, we get we get through. Well, we're going to talk sports with Alex Halstead coming up here uh, in just the next few minutes. I got to ask you this. Okay, I did something, on, and I swore that I, I never will do. But Twitter was exploding, and it might have been the best college football game to ever be played. Ah, uh, yes, right. The Rose Bowl. Yeah. So it got me. Texas USC. What what a game was it? As you remembered it. A lot of it, yes. Yeah. A lot of it. Uh, I mean, there was some. There was obviously some plays that I didn't remember, and, and and now looking back, some some plays that had huge impacts on the football game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, USC going as they did and, and getting stuffed, and um, you know, my biggest takeaway from it last night was how wasn't Vince Young a better NFL well, quarterback? That, that was one of them. Um, how spoiled we were listening to Keith Jackson for ah, decades. Ah, that's a good one. Oh, my God, Trent. Yeah. Listening to him. Dan Fouts, I mean, I don't know. Fouts is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but good God, Keith Jackson to the corner. Oh, my. <laughs> what a game. You know what? It was. I'm glad I did. I mean, there's nothing else on. Uh, right. The first 48 was one I'd already seen before, so I decided to hell with it. I'm going to watch this game. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah. So glad I did. What a finish. What a football game. I mean, if you're a USC fan, you were home free with six minutes left in the football game. <laughs> Up two scores, you've got it in the bag. Yeah, there's a guy on that other sideline oh, that had different ideas. Wasn't he something? Good yes. God, he was something. It's unthinkable. Yeah. How good that guy was oh. and how bad he was at the next level. Well, he's just the way he threw the ball. He kind of like throwing a dart. You know what I mean? It's the it was the same motion as throwing a dart mm-hmm. at a dartboard. And Matt Leinard and him just exchanging. Well, they didn't throw a lot of touchdowns. Only one touchdown pass thrown in the game. That was Leinard. But uh, Lendell White, not Reggie Bush. Well, Bush had his moments. Don't get me wrong. But Lendell White was the uh, was the primary ball carrier. Well. Ex- for USC, mm-hmm. uh, but for <laughs> for Texas, that would have been number ten, who was unbelievable, unbelievable. Some of the receivers in the football game, defensive players in the football game. Glad I watched it. Glad I watched. Not sure I'll watch another one, but forty one thirty eight in maybe the best college football game ever played grabbed my attention last night. Quan Cosby on the uh, side yes. for Texas catching pass. That was a name yeah. I, I just love. The guy's name Quan. Yeah, what a great name that was. Anything with the Q. Gets me revved up. It, that See, I like this, though. See, this is something that I have been doing over the last three, four weeks, as I have been watching these classic games a lot more than you. I know you've tried, but... Mm, I just can't. I know the score. You know the score. But I knew the score of this one, and I got yeah. into it, so maybe I've been shortchanging myself. Right. Are, think back, and you know, we're going to talk about 2017 Iowa yeah. State football today. Wouldn't you like to go back and watch start to finish the Oklahoma game? Because yeah. there, there were pieces of that yeah. game that... 
I had forgotten. And mm-hmm. the buildup leading into it, we were working up the dial at the time, and we were both laughing. I mean, what are they doing? This is Zeb Nolan. Right. <laughs> and Friday, we find out, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday that- It was late in the week. Jacob Park wasn't going to be uh-huh. part of it. And it was, there was nothing- confirmed but it was just a lot of rumblings out yep. there we were speculating and talking zeb about nolan it. time and zeb nolan of course and then the decision i think it was friday i think we were in fact off the air you and i were off the air friday afternoon that they're going to go with kyle kempt and i go on uh, our drive time show up there were we with brinson yeah yeah and just say what are they doing kyle kempt <laughs> why they're gonna get beat by 80 I what know. are they doing <laughs> oklahoma seem invincible at that point iowa stated Got off to a slow start that season, and all of a sudden, Kyle Kemp comes out. And he's making plays, and didn't look like the guy certainly we anticipated no, we were going to see. No, I, well, I didn't anticipate we'd see him at all. We thought we'd no. see Zeb Nolan, right? You uh, give it to the freshman because you're going to get clubbed right. anyway. Uh, one Swing and miss. Remarkable. Uh, that was a, that was obviously. I mean, look, uh, we've uh, we've looked at back at some of the teams. We looked back at uh, the team that picked off uh, Nebraska, winning there for the first time since the seventies. And you don't win very often in Norman, Oklahoma, if you're Iowa State. And they did with a quarterback that uh, we certainly didn't think that he was going to be the guy. But Kyle Kemp was on that particular day. Uh, so that's coming up. We'll do that in the eleven o'clock hour, and then they would get down to the Liberty Bowl. And win that football game to culminate the year. Um, glad I went. Yeah, glad went that I went. That one. I forgot yep, about that. I did. I was glad that I went and uh, and experienced the Liberty Bowl and uh, took a day out. Did made a day trip to uh, to Old Miss and saw the campus. And I'm glad we did that because that was uh, pretty cool uh, as well. Walked in the Grove and there was nobody there in the Grove. With it. I mean, it was over the Christmas holiday. Um, school wasn't in and uh, made our made our way down there. And glad that we did. Anyways, uh, we will come back. We're going to talk to Alex Halstead. He was part of the uh, call yesterday with Jamie Pollard. We'll pick his brain as to you know some of the key parts on that. Pollard's getting a lot of credit and should. Uh, for being the first one out on this, and then the uh, the teleconference that was held had a not, lot of national media uh, jump on board and certainly um, use some of the Pollard stuff in their quotes that you can find on, essentially on any uh, of your uh, of your national sites. But right now, Trent, do we can we play the? Uh, is your computer good We're good enough? on that side. Oh, We're good, good over on there. That side. Yes. All right, uh, Cakes and O and I are want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword board. We should be bored. B-O-R-E-D. Right. Not like a piece of wood. Right. No, it's bored. But we should be bored. Somebody tweeted this last night, and they're right. You know what? If you're bored, that's good. You should be bored. It should be bored. The the healthcare, the frontline workers, I'm guessing that they wish they could be bored. Absolutely. Through this. Yes. So do your part, folks. Be bored. That's the key word. Bored. B-O-R-E-D. ED to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. Next, Tom Cakert in about 20 minutes. Trent and I until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.0. Our mission. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. When you play that bump, mm-hmm. it, I think you're playing Eminence Front. Have you ever heard Eminence Front by, is it The Who or one of the dudes in The Who? If it is, I'm sure I have. You must have, but it's the the start of the song you just played. And the yeah. start, I, I, 
neither here nor there, but anyway. <laughs> the, the same open. It is. It yeah. sounds very it sounds very much alike. Uh, we will uh, get Tom Caker coming up here. Maybe we can play him, and it's from we get to Tom Caker, right? Uh, and we'll see if I've, if I'm on to something. But right now, let's uh, get Alex Halstead in here. CycloneAlert.com, twenty four seven sports. Uh, Alex Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Alex, how are you? I'm doing good, except for the freezing rain that's compiling on my window. I, yesterday was, or the last few days, been pretty warm, and now it kind of feels like we're getting back towards. Uh, the winter months. We're going the wrong way, but have you looked ahead to Tuesday? Yeah, I did. I saw 80 degrees yes. on one of those days next week. So Tuesday next week. How oh, about that? Oh. Unbelievable. By the way, don't let me forget, I've got to, I've got to find a, we, our, our screen in our patio yes, was yeah. somehow ripped. Oh, really? And I'm looking for someone to, and I'm going to pay them, uh-huh. KenMillerShow at gmail.com. I'm, if you're good at those kind of things, I'd, I'd love to find a handyman to help me, because I can't do it. No, you're, you're not a handyman no, yourself? No, and, I, and I, I, I mean, I had Cindy out there, she put in a couple hours, but she just, she couldn't get it done. No. Um, and so, you didn't even try? No. <laughs> no. Um, Understand it, it, your limitations, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yes. So, if you're... Um, you, you want to earn some extra money? Probably take you. I don't know. It's seven by seven feet by three feet, and I got the screen. I got everything there. I just can't put it in. I need somebody to do it. There you go. Ken Miller Show at Gmail dot com. Absolutely. Um, you can do it. Maybe Alex Halstead can do it. Maybe you can do it Tuesday. Sure. I mean, you can do it sa- Saturday, Sunday, whatever works for your schedule. Uh, I live in Ankeny. Um, looking for somebody to help me out. Anyways, Alex, you're going to help us out with Jamie Pollard's teleconference from yesterday. Boy, oh boy, uh, he made some he made some national headlines. Good for him. Good for Iowa State being the first one to get out in front uh, of this with the uh, the department wide pay cuts, the the bonuses, the freezing of the tickets. Dot dot dot. They're doing the right thing. Here's what I like about Pollard. He proacts instead of reacts. I wish more people were like that one, Governor. Um, did I just get political? I you apologize. Did, you did. I apologize, but it's pissing me off. Um, Pollard, Pollard was proactive and good for him as he got out in front of this. But boy, oh boy, he uh, made kind of some shockwaves through the uh, uh, through the college um, athletic departments. I'm assuming, Alex. Yeah, that's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, obviously, he's taking several measures, which Jamie Pollard outlined. Uh, yesterday in a uh, conference call at conference call that went an hour long, so there was a lot to kind of digest and try to pick out what what were kind of the main points. But the main point that is making kind of waves around college athletics is uh, the pay cuts that Iowa State's athletic department uh, is going to be taking here, temporary, but you know pretty pretty much you know ten percent pay cuts across the board, um, you know most likely. So the situation basically is that. You know, Jamie Pollard said that with the cancellation of the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament, Iowa State's going to lose $5 million. And so, you know, he said you can dip into reserves, you can find different ways to mask it, but he thinks all you're doing by masking it is ending up having problems down the line. And so, like you said, they're proactive. They want to make up for that $5 million now so that they don't have to try to do it later. And the main way they're doing that is, you know, they have, he said, about 200 employees in their athletic department. Uh, Their payroll is about $27 million. Um, and they're going to cut $3 million from that. And he said to do that, that you're basically looking at 10%, um, you know, salary across the board, whether that's your main coaches like Matt Campbell and Steve Crone, they're going to feel it more in terms of um, uh, the amount of money that comes off, say, a paycheck. Uh, but Pollard kind of did note that even the people who are making less money, you know, 10% still a lot to those people. So, um, so that's the main thing. They're going to save $3 million that way. They're also – um, for a year at least, 
pausing their bonus program, which uh, allows coaches like, you know, Steve Pro, Matt Campbell, really all the coaches, but those are the ones that people come up with, you know, for making the NCAA tournament, for doing various things. They get bonuses. Uh, Powers of that some years can add up to a million dollars. And so they think that will save them some money as well. So, you know, those are two of the main things they're doing, and it really directly involves, you know, head coaches taking uh, pay cuts, and that's something that you don't hear very often. Is Jamie Pollard also taking a pay cut? Did that come out in the press conference, the teleconference from uh, yesterday? It didn't actually come up as a direct question, something I was thinking about later, but, you know, he said this is going to go through all 200 employees, and so um, that would lead to him as well. He said the only area that it's probably not going to affect, and they're still trying to figure out you know, how this is going to work, but graduate assistants probably aren't going to be involved in that. You know, obviously they're already not making significant money, and, and it's probably better for them to you know, be able to continue to live on what, they, what they're getting. And then he said there are some union workers, I think custodial staff and stuff like that, that is going to be a little bit different already, but um, they've already decided not to take overtime, uh, which he said most weeks they work more than 40 hours. So there's going to be some things like that. He said, you know, there's some different things they could have done. One of the things he pointed out was that, you know, people say, well, you could lay off on unnecessary workers, but one, they don't want to do that because they don't think the athletic department could function, you know, without the support staff. But two, he said, basically, if you laid those workers off, you're basically just handing it over to the government or to the state of Iowa because those people would all file for unemployment. So, um, you know, they've tried to do it where they're cutting, you know, kind of their internal payroll and things like that versus trying to make this an issue for other people. Uh, Alex Halstead, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. One of the other things was just the um, the calendar that's being put uh, out there by by some folks. And, look, I think everything is on the table, Alex. They have to play football, right? If football doesn't get, pl- doesn't get played, it's the great unknown and the ramifications, the trickle down to other sports, dot, 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 uh, is, is just it's too much to comprehend. I mean, no one can wrap their arms around not having football and how that will gut athletic departments. But the thought of, you know, starting in October, whether it's just conference games only, and then you have the, as we've said many times, everybody's running the same race but yet not everybody's running the same course eight conference games nine conference games but the fact that we may see football played in january february and march that's on the table that sounds crazy but that's how important football is to budgets yeah football is you know the one that that makes the money and you know whether that's making a ton of money through uh your tv contract which will be interesting to see how that kind of works out not only with college athletics but you know, what happens if, if baseball loses all these games? You know, is ESPN and some of these places going to pay the same fees? You know, so that would be a question in football. If you're not, if you're getting rid of your non-conference, do you lose that TV money? So you're losing money that way. But, you know, football, I think I've seen most schools make about 75% of their budget, you know, or their money from football. And so that you've got to play that sport. And, you know, Pollard said yesterday that, you know, they, that Iowa State and all these schools have taken a hit. You know, Iowa State's, like I said, their hit is $5 million from this spring disruption. Um, you know, he said that's kind of like a long winter. He said it'd be the ice age if you uh, had to not play football. I mean, these athletic departments would completely change. I mean, you just can't, you can't sustain an athletic department without football. You, know, you even look to the fact that, you know, this new spring rule um, where these seniors can come back. Jamie Powers said Iowa State has 27 seniors that – um, have their spring sports canceled so they can come back next year. Um, he said if all 27 came back, and he doesn't know if they will, that's $675,000 in scholarships. Um, you know, that money's got to come from somewhere, and that's probably coming from football. Um, and so that's going to be the big question is, is how do they work around this? I mean, the hope is that, you know, everything kind of 
evens out and things get better sooner than later and they can start on time. I think I saw Penn State's athletic director um, was saying they think they probably need 60 days to uh, ramp up for football season to you know do it healthy, you know, to be a healthy ramp up. And so you're looking at, you know, 60 days from September 5th. I mean, you're looking at early June, um, or I'm sorry, early July, July, having the whole month of July and August to prepare for the season. And so that's going to be a key date. And Jamie Pollard said right now, you know, they're just starting to do models. You know, the Power Five commissioners are starting to talk. They're trying to just figure out different scenarios. Best case is that, you know, schools can start ramping up in July and be ready for September 5th. Uh, but if not, like you said, they are discussing potentially no – uh, non-conference games, just playing conference schedule. And then the, the crazy one uh, is playing potentially spring football if, if things really do not get better soon. Hey, did you hear or see Nick Saban's proposal out there as far as, you know, taking the, the spring practice that everybody's missing and putting, you know, I think the number he threw out was 14, that they could have 14 non-padded practices. Not They're really not practices. They were more educational. Now, obviously, some schools will, will view that differently. But in advance of fall camp, get 12, 14 um Teaching days on the field, no pads. I think that might be something that uh, that uh, gains some momentum and picks up some steam. How about that? Yeah, that's something that's going to have to be looked at once they know kind of what the date's going to be because that date keeps kind of getting pushed back. You know, the Big 12 and Iowa State have both committed to nothing in terms of their facilities through now May 31st. And so you're looking at June 1st as the earliest possibility. And, and if June 1st happened, I think that would be – uh, really good for all these schools. I think these schools would probably be enthusiastic about being able to get back at it on June 1st, and then maybe June you can do some of that stuff that you missed from um, spring football. And then July and August just kind of become the normal. You know, July for Iowa State has typically been, um, you know, players working on their own but in their weight program. And then when you start August, you start fall camp. So if, if schools can kind of recoup some of those dates in June and then go back to normal with their uh, off-season conditioning program in July and then fall camp in August, I think everything should be fine. The question is, we just don't know when that's going to be because it's gone from, you know, April 15th to now, um, you know, May 31st, and it just keeps getting pushed back. And so at some point, it's going to be a kind of a, a you're going to hit a kind of a dead end where you have to have a drop dead date of it needs to be by this to ramp up for the season. And if you don't get to that, that's when they're going to start having questions of, you know, how do they, you know, alter the football schedule. Over to a little bit more news, this on the actual uh, hardwood as we talk some basketball transfers in the market right now. Such a crazy time as players obviously can't visit campus. They're not going to see the facilities that they're going to play in yet. We're still seeing guys commit, even sight and seen, to a lot of these different schools. A couple of names out there, Bryce Aiken from Harvard, one of the most sought-after players. Iowa State a finalist for him. Also, Justin Turner from Bowling Green. His final six include uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa State, Louisville, Marquette, and Xavier for his services. So, Prom's out there working, I guess what, working Zoom right now? He's trying to get on a video call, FaceTiming, and, and trying to recruit that way. Yeah, that's one of the things I've seen some schools doing is they're trying to either uh, put together videos of their facilities and, and their offering of, of, you know, maybe highlight packages of their crowd and, and their arenas and also doing virtual tours, you know, through FaceTime and stuff. Because like you said, um, now that this recruiting has been pushed back until at least June 1st, uh, the next two months, kids aren't going to be visiting campus and most kids want to decide by then. So uh, you're going to have a lot of commitments without seeing campus um, unless they maybe played at that school at some point. Uh, in their career. So uh, it's, it's kind of a tough time. And like we've talked about before, not the most ideal time for Iowa State to have four open scholarships when 
recruiting uh, becomes a little more difficult. But you still are seeing them involved with uh, quite a few transfers. Like you mentioned, Bryce Aiken from Harvard is probably the big one. He's, he's probably one of the most uh, sought-after grad transfers on the market uh, this offseason. And uh, Iowa State's in his Final Four uh, with Maryland, Michigan, and Seton Hall. That's going to be tough, uh, especially not getting into campus. I think that would be a kind of a key point for them. Uh, but he likes Prohm's pedigree. Uh, he told Evan Daniels uh, from 24-7. So um, they're going to keep pushing for him. You know, he would obviously be their big get. Uh, but you mentioned Justin Turner. And then um, Brendan Berry from Dartmouth also has him in his, in his group of finalists. So that's a couple. You're also starting to see them get involved uh, because they have four scholarships with uh, sit-out transfers. And uh, they're in, you know, pretty heavily in the mix. I don't know if he's cut his list yet, but with Alan Griffin, a sit-out transfer from Illinois. So they're doing a lot of work. Uh, it's got to be over the phone. It's got to be over, like you said, Zoom and FaceTime, uh, sending videos. But uh, they've got to get a couple big transfers uh, to have some hope to rebuild next season. And um, they're in the thick of it, but this is not the most ideal spring uh, to have those numbers. What are you hearing about the former Iowa prep from over in Bettendorf, DJ Carton, a five-star player, obviously coming out of high school, went to Ohio State and uh, decided to shut it down uh, earlier this season. What are you hearing about Carton? Yeah, the main thing I've heard there is that it, it, there's a chance that he still might end up out of the state at neither Iowa or Iowa State. Um, I'm not exactly sure what his timeline is or where things are pointing to specifically, but I think Iowa State you know, obviously has probably put out the feelers, but um, the most recent indication, which is, it sounds like there's not a lot of buzz coming out from that camp. I think it's been pretty quiet um, since he announced his decision to transfer, but that he, he may uh, not actually come back to the state of Iowa. Hmm. Talk to you next week. Appreciate you uh, filling us in on all of the uh, news. Iowa State, Jamie Pollard, making a bunch of it yesterday, recruiting stuff as well. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, Alex. Yep, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. We will come back. We'll go from the Cyclones to the Hawkeyes with Tom Cakert. We're going to do some Catch Des Moines, an update there at 11 o'clock is what's going on in our fine city. Uh, we'll do that at 11. Uh, then 2017 Iowa State football team, our team of the day. We've got some audio, assuming. Are, are you back online we're, over there we're yet? We're good. Everything's figured out. Imagine that. Raleigh got it figured out. And then he took Not ours down over here. I guess he had to take this down to get what did, you, whatever yes. you messed up over there. I didn't miss our, anything up. Now, this has been happening since the morning rush. Do not blame me. So now you're throwing Sean one. Roberts under the bus. Well, Is that what you're doing? Bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> we'll take a time out. Tom Cakert next. We're here until noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Those first couple of beats. Just the first now, obviously, here. It takes, uh, Pete Townsend, right? Or yes. is it it's Pete Townsend? Yes, it is. Anyways, uh, we move on. I'm going to put that one in the wind column. Another one for yeah, you. Take another one. I've had a good week. Old man's taking over. <laughs> Uh, we uh, will take over here until noon. Tom Caker momentarily brought Conrad from Catch Des Moines, top of the hour at 11 o'clock. He'll slide on in here for 10 minutes or so. We'll take a look at the 2017 Iowa State football team and then our restaurant radio recap before we bid you adieu at noon. Uh, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Tom Caker. How are you? 
Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Hanging in, Tom Kaker. Hey, tell me about Kobe King. Not the basketball Kobe King, but apparently there's a football Kobe King who's got uh, quite an offer list. He narrowed it to, I think, seven arc. I'm doing it by memory, Tom, so help me out here. There's five Big Ten teams, including Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, the other two, Arkansas, of course, out of the SEC, and Iowa State. Who is Kobe King, uh, and who's in the lead, if you had to guess? Uh, I would say Michigan, uh, probably. Um, they just seem to be the, uh, you know, home state school. And uh, from what I've heard, it, it's probably uh, Michigan, Penn State, probably the top two uh, for him right now. And, and that makes some sense. I mean, it's his home state school. So you would think that Michigan's going to have an edge. But good to see Iowa, Iowa State in that mix for him. And, uh, and see if they can make a late push and, and get him. You know, as uh, you look at the football recruiting, things are on pause right now. People are, are still making phone calls and FaceTime and all that. We were just talking to Alex Halstead on the Iowa State perspective about that. But, you know, one thing that I thought about is normally, you know, quarterbacks are some of the first people that commit, and then they try to bring the class along with them and do their own kind of recruiting that's happening there. Where does Iowa sit right now with quarterbacks? It feels like they try to get one every single season, and, and could this be a year where maybe they decide to take a rest and take a year off if they can't get one of the prospects just because it's a different way you recruit the quarterback position? Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to, just because of the depth chart, um, just because it's kind of limited right now where they have really kind of three scholarship quarterbacks, uh, you know, on campus this fall. They've probably got to get somebody. Um uh, Donovan McCulley, a kid out of Indianapolis, a four-star kid who's got lots of uh, interest. Uh, looking at him, Sam Jackson, a kid out of uh, Naperville, Illinois, is another uh, player to watch. Uh, you know, Ty Thompson, the kid that they really liked uh, out of Arizona, committed to Oregon recently. So they missed out on him, and he had actually made a visit to campus. So, um, you know, they felt like they had a legit shot with him. So, um, yeah, we'll see what they, you know, um, I think the evaluations are just going to have to continue um, once they can evaluate people. And that's maybe one of the, you know, one of the things that's really going to suffer this year, guys, is, um, you know, it's going to be hard to have those, those camps in June. Um, I don't know how they're going to be able to pull those off. And those are usually big for evaluations and finding guys, um, uh, I use the example of uh, Alex Padilla, who's going to be the backup quarterback this year. That's a kid that they found, uh, you know, really did the, the firm evaluation on in June when he came to camp. Doesn't Rivals, Tom, do a big summer event as well? Yeah, we had our Rivals Camp Series that got started uh, earlier this year, and um, yeah, I think probably had like five or six of the events down south, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Florida, Georgia, um, I think they got one in in uh, some in, in SoCal area. Um, usually hit those warmer climates in in uh, February, uh, late January, February. Uh, but that uh, that's gotten um, halted right now. I don't know what the plans are. We haven't been told anything about uh, what their plan is. I don't think anybody can make any plans at this point, uh, given the situation we're in. So um, right now, um, you know that's been uh, halted and you know we were supposed to have an event in uh, chicago coming up here in the next month and and uh, that's not happening and then the uh, five-star challenge which was uh, 
you know, big event where all the, the big names gather. Uh, was going to, I think, be down in Atlanta again this year. They do it at the Mercedes-Benz Dome, and uh, that is also, um, you know, obviously uh, put on hold. Um, speaking of plans, and I'm sure you've, uh, if, uh, you've you've read about Jamie Pollard's press conference, media availability yeah. yesterday with the local media, and then it went uh, went national very quickly with some of the, you know, the warnings that he fired. And I don't I don't think he's um, you know <laughs> shouting fire in a crowded theater. I really don't. I mean, this was yeah. this was proactive on his part, as he's been for, for as you know that's one of his calling cards at Iowa State. It sent shockwaves through the college athletic departments. I'm assuming. I mean, nobody wants to even think about and remotely entertain the possibilities of no football and what that would do trickling down to all the other sports, Tom. It's Armageddon. It, it is. I think Jamie is determined to be the ice agent, yeah. and it really is because we have known this for years. Uh, foot, football is what floats the boat for every athletic department. It just does. It's the, you know, first the TV contracts and, and the media rights deals and everything which you know for big 10 schools is over 50 million dollars a year and then you, know, you talk about what's in the seats at games and that's uh you know another you know 20 30 million dollars probably uh for a school like iowa uh and uh, and then you uh, you know the trickle down effect of that the economic impact it had would have in the iowa city cedar rapids coralville area in terms of bars restaurants hotels that sort of thing um because that's where they make, uh, you know, a lot of money during those football weekends. That's, uh, that's a big economic, uh, uh, impact. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I think everybody is waiting to see what I, I do think, you know, given the loss of the NCAA tournament revenue, I think you're going to see every department probably follow closely what, what Jamie Pollard did uh, in some form. It might take a different form. I, I saw the Wyoming AD took a uh, a pay cut. He's already announced that. That's one of them that I've seen. So, Oregon jumped on board uh, they, this morning. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think you're going to see most of the athletic departments kind of take that, that proactive approach. Um, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what, uh, you know, Coach Ferentz does and if if he ends up, you know, doing doing something, um, I'm sure he will. Um, and it's just gonna you know, until we know if we're gonna get football. Uh, and you know, the interesting thing Kirk said the other day was they basically need like 60 days to get ready. They got to do the strength and conditioning. And that's something Coach Doyle has has told them. You need 30 days to get ready, and you need 30 days uh, to to kind of get football back in motion so um you know the the deadline will come up a little bit faster than i think any Mm -hmm. of us uh, are really thinking right now we're thinking like well you know september we can get football back but it's really you know kind of july when we've got to know something Uh, and you're looking around ohio state is essentially a closed campus until july 31st right now and i I think uh, other schools are in that same vein right now because they're doing online learning for um, uh, their summer schools right now. So, and that could wiggle around where you could, you know, maybe get those guys on campus because it's a limited number and they could train. 
but we just don't know what what we're going to be dealing with at that point. You know, real quick, Trent, before you jump in here, Tommy, you just had a very good point. I didn't even thought about the trickle down. Hotels are packed in Iowa City on Friday nights. You can't get one. Restaurants, bars. That's a great point, Tom. Okay, good. Sorry, Trent. No, no, no problem at all. And, and you know, Tom, as we kind of spitball here and we speculate and we look towards the future. I think a 12-game schedule with everybody in the stands in a full house every single time, I, I just don't see that as realistic right now. What I could see, though, maybe it is middle, late September, you get things started, but it's conference games only. Is that a realistic plan where you cut the schedule down, you take away the non-conference, and in the Big Ten, you're going to play nine games over the course of the season? Does that seem like a, a real possibility to you? I, I think that's probably something that's being discussed. I've seen that discussed a lot by some people that, you know, maybe you get started by October because then, you know, you're past that July 31st deadline. Here's the thing, guys. The people who are going to really um, make this decision aren't athletic directors. It's really going to be university presidents. presidents yep. And, and whether they open their schools or not and whether they allow students on campus and, and um, I, I just don't, um, I don't know. You know, we don't know what the university, and the university presidents generally don't act in the interest of the athletic right. programs. That's not first yeah. and foremost on their, on their list. It's the health and safety of the student population and their professors and employees. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, but those guys also know that um, athletic programs, generate revenue for the universities that's you know you see that when a team goes on a real run the the um the student population grows you know especially college football you know clemson mm-hmm. there i'm guessing their enrollment has gone up so they they know that athletics plays a role in in getting uh, students on campus Tom, away from uh, away from Iowa, but staying in the Big Ten, uh, and and you know, full disclosure, I I, I Tom Izzo fan. I, I like Tom Izzo, uh, but boy, oh boy, this is a bad look. I mean, for anyone to get involved in an investigation by interviewing a witness before the police get involved in this, I mean, in what world is the head basketball coach should he be first uh, to interview a witness of a potential? Uh, potential uh, sexual assaults or sexual crime. I mean, come on. That's an awful look out of Izzo. Yeah, and, you know, the folks in the state of Iowa have kind of seen a similar thing in the past. I, you guys probably yep. mentioned it with, uh, if you talked about it before, with, with uh, Steve Alford yep. and the Pierre Pierce situation. Right. It's very kind of similar where, and Steve took a real big hit on that. And Izzo um, should, too. I, I, and... And, you know, frankly, Alford it wasn't the most popular guy at that point in mm-hmm. time with a True. lot of Iowa fans. Um, but he never really recovered from that. And it haunted him at, at uh, UCLA, his opening you know, press conference. There was filled with a lot of questions about how he handled the, the sexual assault thing. And the way we treat that today is very different than what we, the way we treated it in the early 2000s. It, it's, it's much more focused and... Um, yeah, it's a really bad look for Izzo, especially in this uh, time, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Time's Up movement and everything like that. Uh, uh, it, it is just a, it's a different world in 2017 when this happened. Tom Kaker, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, we'll get out of here with the news from earlier this week. Spring sport athletes will have another year of eligibility, certainly going to impact, I think, the Iowa baseball team in a big way. 
The MLB draft sounds like it's going to be five rounds whenever they get around to actually having that draft. But as that sits there, the disappointment of losing a season. But I look forward to next year for the Iowa baseball team. Yeah, one, you know, one of the interesting things, somebody on our board who has uh, somebody involved in one of the spring sports has indicated that um, uh, at this point uh, um, the, the Iowa administration has said they don't know that they can uh, offer those those kids a scholarship. So, uh, it's you know, I'm sure Rick and his staff are, are not pleased about that, and it, it could change. Um, but you have to look at it from the perspective of, um, you know, it's a bad time to have to be trying to add costs when you're you're taking a haircut right now with yeah. your budget. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how that resolves itself um, because that would be a big hit for for Rick. I, I, you know, he indicated that uh, he thought quite a few of the guys, especially with the smaller MLB draft this year, uh, you know, five to ten rounds uh, draft, a lot of these guys are not going to get drafted. So. Um, you know, if they get drafted, sure, you go play MLB and uh, you do that. But if you don't, then, you know, guys like Austin Martin and uh, Grant Judkins, you know, um, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to transfer somewhere that's going to have the money to do that? I don't know how many athletic departments are going to have the money to do it, mm. uh, to, to add on scholarship money. It's not like they're getting full rides either. Right. Most of these guys are on par- partials. Um, you, know, you can have... Uh, 27 guys on scholarship you've got like 11.7 uh uh in terms of uh money to play with scholarship money you've got 11.7 uh total scholarships and you can have a roster of 35 at uh, the d1 level for baseball but they're going to expand that roster and the scholarship number but you know if you don't have the money what can you do tom we'll talk to you in a week what will we know a week from now that we don't today <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's impossible, I, right? I, what are we going to know a day from now? It's, I, mean, uh, it's just, true. Um, I just I keep telling people, you know, we're three weeks. What is it? Basically, like three weeks into this, three weeks ago, the yeah. NCAA tournament yep. canceled. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but it, three weeks seems like three years. Mm. And um, I, I don't think we're going to have a clear, clearer picture until we kind of get through this month of April and get to April 30 and see kind of where we're at and what kind of plan we have as a country to, to, to try and move forward. I think we'll figure this out. I really do. I think we're going to have football. I believe that, but it's going to, it might have to be modified. It mm-hmm. might have to be playing into December, you know, uh, might have to do some different things. Indeed. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, as always, great segment. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Be well, be safe with you and your family, Tom. Okay, you guys too. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com, as we finish out the hour here on Miller and Condon. Brock Conrad, catch Des Moines. What's going on in DSM? Well, Brock will tell us next. We'll take a look at the 2017 Iowa State football team. Uh, and then we'll do our restaurant recap. Looking forward to Deal? that. I am in. Next hour, final hour of the week on Miller and Condon. Join us, won't you? It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.